0: hello again and welcome to another episode of super connected conversations most of these conversations have been about our connection to life and because of a chance meeting i had just over a year ago uh, with somebody i thought it might be interesting to talk to them about our connection to death claire calendar is an undertaker and an undertaker who uses ritual and a much more realistic uh, approach to death than the usual sort of uh, funeral that you might be used to? She is the founder of the Green Funeral Company, and I met her at an event called Toxteth Day of the Dead. We were walking through the streets of Toxteth, uh, surrounded by poets, artists magicians, theater makers, um, pop stars. And what struck me was that all these people had all come together to make a very beautiful, uh, but energy charged ritual to honor uh, life and death as one. And this is a part of our culture that I think has changed a lot and Claire is someone that knows a lot about it and that's why i wanted to talk to her so i hope you enjoy this super connected conversation hello claire Hi, Tim. <laughs> after, after a few a few false starts and technical hitches, we're here again. We are. Uh, um, thanks for, for coming to, to talk to me. Um, how are you doing?
1: Um, well, uh, it's a weird day. As I said, my mum died a year ago today, so it's a very poignant day. And um, uh, after this, I'm going to go up. She's buried in the burial ground that I set up up the road, and I'm going to take some flowers up and sit on her grave and watch the sun go down
0: oh how beautiful yeah.
1: Oh.
0: yeah and uh that's sort of been the 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 year that most of us have had in terms of the pandemic and everything that's that's made this last year even more poignant for you hasn't it
1: yeah it's been difficult especially um as an undertaker not able to do a funeral for my mum that was quite hard
0: yeah and oh. and I mean, that's that's kind of what I I really wanted to talk to you about as well. Was just uh, I'm I'm talking to people about connection, yeah, and, and how we connect to each other in life. And I just thought it would be a really fascinating uh, angle to to talk about the connection between life and death, which is the one that you've been exploring for how how many decades is it? Twenty years. It's, it's two decades now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, and and fu- and uh, you know, and our connection as well, being uh, just we've we've sung a John John Lennon's song, a couple of John Lennon songs together. Um, I know, and I don't
1: even um, like the Beatles. I was a punk.
0: But <laughs> well, you're right. I know. Uh, was <laughs> really, aren't you? We? <laughs> and we've you know we've walked through the the streets of Toxteth and Liverpool together, and we've we've been to a, a burial of of, uh, of a certain kind together. And um, and that's that's a, a very serious way to connect to someone who you don't know, you know, we we yeah. haven't met before that event. But maybe talking about uh, Toxic Day of the Dead might be a good way in for... I'm always trying to think of listeners that have no idea about the sort of work that you do and, and indeed the kind of event that that was and, and, and what it signifies and what it means to all the people. For me, I came in and as out, as an outsider, not knowing what to expect, with Toxus Day of the Dead and and left feeling like I I, I wish I'd known about the one before because it, it, I felt very at home in it. Do you want to talk about that as a as a good example of?
1: I'd love to. It's very hard yeah. to describe the Toxus Day of the Dead to people who haven't been, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's because what, but what I love about it is it's such a joyful, irreverent, sacred thing. It's mm-hmm. it's just. It's everything that needs to be in a funeral. It's it's full of joy, but it's also very, very serious mm. and sacred and beautiful and romantic and fun.
0: Yeah, and also humorous.
1: Yeah, and humorous, exactly. We've yeah. We,
0: humorous. Which is the huge takeaway. I, I I know that I remember having a conversation with you as we sort of fell into line walking with everybody. Uh, through Toxteth and I think I asked you at the time about um, was there a time in our society when death wasn't quite so stigmatised and um, and and not coped with as well and and well you can answer that again now I suppose I mean it's when
1: it, it... When it wasn't coped with so well that I think think what cha- so what i can say
0: there was another time in in british history when death wasn't quite you know yeah the victorians yes that that it was a really huge part of our lives in a different way
1: yes and the victorians you know they did they did (laughs) death and mourning so well they you know they they I love the black armbands that you would wear if you were bereaved and people would wear that for a year. I mean I think that I think we should resurrect that. It's so nice because I say to people when I work with families that you have a bereavement card to play. You know, you don't have to go to every social event. You can you you know have a, a, an excuse not to do stuff that you don't feel up to. And that and I think that's the that's what the the mourning band did. And the Victorians would They would have, you know, they made all the the mourning jewelry with the woven hair brooches and they would have big family, um, extended family photographs with the dead person, with the dead child or the dead baby in the photograph, which seems extraordinary to us now. Mm. And then I think what happened was two world wars and just the sheer amount of dead of people's families dying you they, it, You know there just wasn't possible to to mourn them on a you know emotional or energetic level at all and we became numbed down to it I think and it's it's definitely opening out now people of you know people often say oh the British don't like to talk about death it's all swept under the carpet and that's really not my experience because I've been an undertaker as soon as people I just feel like people are wanting permission to talk about it as soon as they know I'm an undertaker they want to talk about it loads
0: yeah I noticed that at the it was um it was the day before uh, was it a wake it was a kind of wake right
1: the wake l8 yeah that was a new edition that year I thought that worked really well and
0: and it was a remarkable combination of um uh either family members or friends who come to say their piece about uh, who had died, and some of it was really irreverent, and some of it was angry, and some of it was funny, and and the kind of the kind of thing which you could imagine maybe Richard Curtis might make a film out of, where, <laughs> where it was just very real and honest and raw and 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 hard and difficult, and and that's what we are, isn't it, as people, and that's the idea. Is that is it is that what a lot of the Green Funeral Company? Um, was based around I mean the the idea of just trying to be honest about um, the lives that that we that we lose and when we talk about them when they're gone that it's not this sort of uh, strange reverent um, disconnected uh, version of who it was
1: it's so weird that isn't it I I feel that we owe it to people to see them clearly and to Mm. speak about them honestly at the end of their life and and to not be afraid of of looking at the shadow. You know, we all have the shadow. And and there is this extraordinary possibility that can open up in a funeral ceremony because, you know, people are open and listening in a way that they're not in other areas of their lives. So I feel that we have a duty to to say important things to people Mm -hmm. at that time because they're listening and, and things can change. An extraordinary... Generational family healing is possible in a funeral ceremony, not particularly in that moment, but you can just sow a seed that, that then goes on and, and amazing things come out of funerals.
0: Yeah, and with Toxic Day of the Dead, um I mean would you call that a funeral?
1: I think that so the wake I late last year, which was um, where the night before the talks there, the dead, we invited families to come mm. and to bring a piece of music and they had an opportunity to stand up and talk a little bit about their family member or friend who had died, who was going to be mummified. And there was um, a brother and a sister there who had been shut out of their dad's funeral because he had gone on to marry another Woman and had another family, and that mm. family kind of took ownership of his death and his funeral. So they felt very sidelined for it. So for them, it was their reclaiming. It was their it ritual was
0: funeral. Yeah, yeah. It was for them, which, yeah. which
1: I was made me so happy that they had that opportunity. Mm. And when people speak to me um, at parties and they and they say that they they wish they'd had more time when they were planning their mum's funeral, that it, they, it didn't work for them, I always say, go and do it again go to the grave just rerun it and do it how you want to do get all the friends and family around and do it again or take the ashes or go to where the ashes are scattered and do your own ceremony
0: yeah this is also highlighting another um another part of our culture that's um that's been lost for a long time and again i think having a resurgence in its ritual
1: yes and 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 now we need we need public mourning death rituals more than ever mm. i you know my hope for the next toxteth day of the dead that it is a a you know a world covid morning public death ritual mm. i i'd like to have like a, a whole layer of bricks in the pyramid that are just covid bricks that are maybe a different color just 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 to mark that mm. because
0: it's almost like w- it, whether it's because of death or or um other activities in in life ritual it, it is the connecting um yeah. action with any community isn't it and um, yeah. and that's that's what i noticed about what you did with um with jimmy and and, and bill and, and and that whole amazing like i don't know what to call it that just it's a community isn't it um yeah that was taking part and making that happen that was really beautiful. It felt like theater at its times and it felt like a church service at other times and and then it also sort of felt like you know like a, a pagan rite um, at midnight under the moon. I and mean, it was such an amazing <laughs> event and uh, and, it, and it really attracted me to to the shadow side and and death as as something not to fear but actually to start to see as just the the flip side of life they are just there's a door and the, the they're both on you know different sides of the door and it felt yeah. like that 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 event uh, that you and rue were sort of you know kind of curating so amazingly you were just sort of swinging the door open and closing it again.
1: yeah let's just have a little peek behind there yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think that the pyramid is such a brilliant idea I love it so much it's the most exciting thing that's happened in the funeral profession since the Victorians I believe
0: I mean natural burials
1: natural burials was a great innovation and when we started 20 years ago there were maybe 10 natural burial grounds there's now probably three four hundred and I and that was a very exciting thing but now the pyramid is something else
0: yeah and very and and a very beautiful idea that that in in celebrating death and dying, um, it's you know there's a financial reward for the living. Hopefully, I mean that's the idea behind it all, isn't it?
1: Yeah, to get more comfortable with it, to yeah. to to just just be kind of have it as a comfortable presence alongside your life, which is pretty much what all you can hope for when you are bereaved because it's so painful in the early stages. But I think the best you can hope for later on, and it does happen, is that the fact of this someone's dying just sits in your life in a comfortable place instead Mm. of in a terrible, painful place.
0: I think what you've done with uh, the the Green Funeral Company is also quite um, intuitive, because I've known people uh, and, and read about people who've, often just say, uh, i don't want to have a funeral for mom or dad like like that kind of normal funeral let's do something different and let's do something but you know and and that's that's exactly the the sort of service that you've prov- provided isn't
1: it yeah it's it's like it's, it's to bring everything to bring the, you know it's not just grief and sadness there is you know there is romance and humor and fun mm. and anger that's the thing that's missing most is anger i mean it's not missing it's there <laughs> energetically but it's not it's not very often brought up you know mm.
0: and that's closure can happen if anger can be expressed but if it's withheld and yeah um, and, and, and not expressed it, it, it festers and, and continues yeah and
1: becomes toxic and what to convince, i um yeah what what i um have often done is invited people to come and spend time with the person that's died in our uh, chapel of rest we've never thought of a better name for that and and if they're angry just to say all the things that they need to say to that person mm. scream and shout and say it. We, we go come in the evening we'll light some candles just have it just do what you've got to do before we lay them down and then on the day things are a little clearer for them because obviously people don't want to do that publicly i completely understand that mm. but that can be really helpful
0: yeah it's um it's a whole other kind of family constellations, isn't it? That, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I didn't even realize until we were doing the funeral for um a man who had been a heroin addict for years and years and years, and he did eventually die of an overdose, and his two brothers were there, and one of his brothers at the funeral just let rip at him. You know, he'd had years of frustration of trying to help him, and he just said it all, and it was astonishing. And I was like, okay, that's been missing up until now. We need to try and bring that in.
0: Yes, and and that in that's a really good example of death not being an end. It's an opening for 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 some people, isn't it? Like that brother that you talk about.
1: Yeah, I mean, death is not the end of the relationship, is it? I mean, you're it, you you still you're still in relationship, and you're still having conversations. It still goes on.
0: Yeah, and completely. I I still feel enormous connection with the people that um, that matter to me that have died during my life, and yeah. it, it's I, I you know it's there's there's still a connection. It's just a different type of connection. Yeah,
1: yeah. What
0: what do you think it is that um uh that's m- that makes life these days and and certainly recently. For the most part, um, much more about life. Like life is. I mean, to be honest, the the, the last album that I did, uh, the title was sort of inspired by the conversation we had on that on that March <laughs> talk. Um I can't remember what it was exactly that you said, but. I called the album "When Staying Alive's the Latest Craze" because, of course, when <laughs> when the, no, nobody got that, but but, That's but it was meant very ironically because I, I have felt that in the last year, of course, pain is one thing, suffering is is um, is treated um, must be treated uh, with, with tenderness, you know, when people are losing the, the people that they love, but there's a lot of um expression from many individuals who haven't lost anybody who are only talking about um the the terrifying prospect of dying and in such a way that i I sort of felt that this is yeah i've never lived during a, a any kind of plague pandemic or anything before but it struck me that um there was such emphasis on on life in a way that if perhaps uh, we'd all been attending funerals like the kind that you preside over for many years then it wouldn't have been so traumatic you know uh, the, the thought tra- of it yeah the thought of not having life i uh, i get it but i i i don't, i think i used to be afraid of dying and not so much anymore but um but in as a culture in this country anyway i just in the last year just thought Wow, we've got a, a lot of learning collectively to do about death, and that sure something comes along and threatens us, uh, like uh, what has happened with the pandemic, is is enormous. But um, what we carry inside ourselves to navigate that, which um, seemed like we've we've learnt very little to yeah. to cope with it emotionally, and of course, and mentally, the mental health uh outcome of this so i'm just i'm just wondering what what is it that we that we've done in uh in in recent history to end up as a society that just uh are, are only terrified of death it's going to happen it's the it's this it's the one certainty about life isn't it it is it's like because the
1: only thing you can say about a baby with any certainty
0: so <laughs> ill-equipped to to cope with that um yeah and I do understand the pain of, of losing people. That is, but actually, our own lives. I, I think there's a there's something missing, isn't there, in just being kind of more accepting of the idea that there are many people about to die. Yeah,
1: I. You just you touched on something there that rings true for me. In, in a, I, I don't think I fear my own death. I mean. Who knows when we get there? But right now I don't. But I fear the death of the people that I love loads. That's where my fear and death collide mm. massively.
0: Yes. I think I, 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 a part of me does, and then another part of me doesn't. I, I, I had a strange experience in Thailand because I, I lived in a monastery in a sort of Buddhist sangha community, for quite a while and um and then the the abbot of that monastery uh, had died and their abbots they they keep them in formaldehyde and you can go and see them whenever you like and so i i was i don't know late 20s and they asked me to go back and sing to uh, him as a yeah. de- dead person that i had an amazing connection with in life and I think it did did me the world of good, to be honest, because I just remember uh, coming back after being there for an hour and singing songs, and and um, and one of my friends had said, "Where have you been?" And I said, "I've just been singing to Longpo," you know. Amazing. <laughs> and 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 since then, I've never I never felt um, that that worry anymore. I just sort of think. You, you can be with someone when when they're physically not really there anyway, can't you?
1: You really can, and I, 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 we, enc- we encourage children to come and spend time with their nan who's oh. died, and and when when parents and families are brave enough to uh, to let that happen, I just think you have given such a gift to that child that you know it's and you know children. Death. They don't have all the cultural baggage around death, so like somebody dying is just like another new experience where they have loads of new experiences every week, every day, and mm. so it's like, oh yeah, that's Nan, she's dead, and they just take it on, and so they they just have that foundation for dealing with death, like you did in your twenties. That's an amazing experience.
0: Yeah, I so feel the, very lucky to have had it. Yeah. You know.
1: Did you? So, as a, uh, were you a monk?
0: I wasn't a monk no I but um I did do a lot of the precepts that the monks yeah. do. Um, so do
1: you spend a lot of time with death in the in, as a practice then?
0: In the monastery yeah. Yeah. I've not been back there for several years. Um I stay I've been staying in touch like this, you know, with, yeah. with my friends um who are monks there. And um they yeah it's I I went to a monk's funeral in the first i don't know month that i lived there and that was an extraordinary 3 day event uh where they actually they they sing and wail they do this kind of wild wailing passionate which is really unusual for monks because they don't they're not meant to sing and do anything particularly you oh. know uh in that this particular sect of monks and um and then the the cremated ashes are then um, compounded into these rocks which are turned into globes so around that monastery it's called Tam Kravok monastery uh, in Thailand and if you walk around the monastery you'll occasionally see these uh, stone globes kind of just plonked oh,
1: they're wow.
0: <laughs> and, and they're the monks the other, and sometimes they've made pyramids out of them actually and seriously, then, that is
1: hmm. good to know
0: yeah they're, they're, they've got like you know like three globes at the bottom and one on the top and that sort of thing yeah. and I, I remember sitting on one once without having any clue <laughs> so i just thought it was they they make sculpture there and uh, they've got a smelt you know that they, they do all this amazing uh artwork and i was just sitting on this globe and and the monk looked at me and went cannot <laughs> And, I, and that's when I, that's how I found out. And I suddenly realised that walking around this monastery, which is kind of like an eco sustainable community, amazing, beautiful place, that they're everywhere, and you are living among the dead.
1: I love that. Yeah. So it's a constant there. It's like a constant yeah. companion. I like that.
0: Yeah, and they say that's Monk Peter and that's Monk. Yeah. George. you know because they'll remember which one they're they're,
1: ever present I think wailing is missing from um, our funerals too (laughs) I I do I think uh, I've had um, we've done more than our fair share of funerals for young people and um, a couple of times when uh, a young person has died and the mother has just wailed and shouted and screamed and sunk mm-hmm. to her knees. And I'm like, yeah, that's how I would be, but that's unusual. It's weird when you talk about the three days um, of wailing and, and lamenting, I, that that just seems like right and appropriate, doesn't it? And, and it's been wow. like repressed down to this 20 minutes down the creme here a lot of the time, which is Gen- just so awful.
0: Yeah, it's a, there's something quite British about it. Yeah, there really is. When, I mean, I mean, not really everything is. British is, is is bad, but that I I think that's the, been the,
1: the creme is awful, isn't it? Yeah.
0: yeah. It's how how to sustain trauma?
1: Yeah,
0: it's a yeah. it's a weird thing. But um, in in terms of you know the the strange and new we have fast-tracked into a different world, basically, in the last year, haven't we? It, the things are completely different. How, yeah. how do you think that's going to affect uh, families and um, moving forward now? I, I did hear a story about a a, a, a guy that had to take the, uh, I, I, I can't remember, the police to court or something like that because they wouldn't let them see their own father and all this sort of stuff. He just said he died of COVID and no, you can't. See the body and all this. That's been some really awful.
1: Yeah, not was that been early
0: exposure. on? I think it was. I think. Well, it was last year, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the summer. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's weird. Some it's some undertakers are a bit odd. But they like they won't let families see someone if they've died of HIV or hepatitis C. And oh, Like, really? yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I think you can always make. A body safe for someone to come and spend time with them. It's so important. If somebody has that inclination and urge to do it, then I think it should be facilitated.
0: Mm. And like you were saying, the 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 whole concept of loss. When you do lose somebody, um, mm. you around you've been around that so much, haven't you? Um, for twenty years, I guess. Mm. Do you do you stay in touch? Do you make a connection with those people yourself?
1: The sad truth is, Tim, it's how I make my friends. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow, I think, that I think that's a great truth.
1: Yeah, we made lots of friends. The thing is, it's, it's the most brilliant job because you go into the heart of a family and everything's really real and you make these really deep connections with people and mm-hmm. it's a lovely thing. I mean if you if we if i do make friends with them there does come a bit where they realize that i'm not that constantly supportive um person (laughs) you know it does have to get real in that respect yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a great it's a great way of meeting people there's just no crap around death everything's real it makes
0: it sound like your role is is it i mean is it in your in the community where you live you're in devon aren't you yeah
1: in totness and devon Totnes. so it's Totnes. small town yeah
0: yeah is it mainly in that area that you do have you've done um you know worked as a celebrant all over
1: no we're we undertakers Undertaker. mainly yeah um so we we do we yeah it's in that area like devon and cornwall really and occasionally mm. up into somerset
0: so so you must be really yeah close to a lot of people then in, in yeah that. Who, who you've got to know through the work you do.
1: Yeah. And That's... it's lovely. It's lovely seeing people down the line and seeing them recovered and maybe with a new partner and moving on. And yeah, yeah it's a lovely thing. And seeing the children, they've grown up and they're after their mum's died or something.
0: It's such an interesting uh, w- way to go through your life, is that making connections with people because of death?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it is quite odd. Uh, yeah, I never yeah. expected to be this.
0: <laughs> um, do you, I mean, clearly beginning uh Green Funeral Company with Rue and 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 doing all the work you've done, you had a vision for what what you thought would be a good thing to do. And do you still have the same vision? Or, or do you have uh, other hopes about how uh, we will embrace death in, in the future?
1: I am. Um, I still have the same vision, and I think Rue has the same vision. It's a very—it's very easy to get right, it seems to us, and we accidentally just ended up on the kind of cutting edge of a new funerals movement. Completely accidentally, there are lots of people doing it now, but I—I um, I, my hope and vision is for more public rituals, for more, and I think that will come out of this pandemic. That's my hope, more gathering and mourning. Uh, we we set up a burial ground near as a natural burial ground. And on um, All Souls Day every year, we gather everybody who's got someone buried there, which is about, I think it's 200, over 200 people are buried there now. And we put a candle on each grave and we have a massive fire. And we invite the community and we, we um, light up the woods with candles and fairy lights. And we hold a a ritual um and we invite people to say the name and say so a bit like the wake-late but because I always struggle with the Mexican Day of the Dead, which, which people try to embrace I over. Don't here. know
0: too much about that. I mean the Toxitas Day of the Dead I, I I've experienced and then found out that that had come from the the title, the word, the, the yeah. word, sort of been inspired by the Mexican one.
1: Well, the Mexican Day of the Dead is a really hot, colourful, dusty Latin kind of wild party and everybody goes to the graves and cleans the graves and they, but I feel it's like in November and we are just not that as a people <laughs> in the culture. <laughs> and come November, we're like quite nesty and, and a bit uh, soggy and misty and sodden. Yeah. <laughs> so our ritual is very much more for our for, for our culture
0: yeah wow it's 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 uh yeah it's such an extraordinary idea um to think of when you say you have a vision of the future where where we have much more much more public rituals but i think you're probably right um because when there's when pain is the overriding uh, emotion in in those kind of rituals it's lessened isn't it when it's shared pain
1: yeah you see the pain is there but if you're lucky, if you're lucky, all all that's left really is love, mm-hmm. and that's what and that's what we spend our time in is the love that's left, and it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. People think it's a very depressing job, and actually, it's the opposite because we don't know generally. I mean, more and more we do know the people, but because we don't know them, we go in and help people, and we're just a- a- around the love, and it's and it's beautiful.
0: Mm, no it sounds really beautiful and yeah. um, and i think I mean, so many communities will will benefit from that kind of public ritual if it's allowed yeah. i think it's yeah. it's yeah the, to, to to be with each other going through pain does it feel like uh sometimes that, that you, you and andrew of course uh, you know that you've kind of taken on the role of a therapist as well
1: um
0: Sounds very think, therapeutic what you what you offer.
1: Yeah. So in so over the two or three weeks between someone dying and their funeral, we spend a lot of time with the family and friends and we sit and drink tea and talk to them for hours and lots of stuff comes up. And and I think that is one of our major roles is to just offer this space in our premises for people just to come and just be however they are.
0: And it's just yeah. a difficult time for people when when a loved one dies. It's just one of the most difficult uh, experiences that anyone can go through, isn't it?
1: It really is. And it's... Um... Rue once said, and I think he's right. He said it's like it's like you're tripping. You're just in a slightly different dimension. You know, everyone else in their life is going on over there, but you are just slightly separate, and you're over here, and it's really confusing. And and it's really great to just have someone who's tripped before to be with you, and that's kind <laughs> yeah. of what, how we see ourselves a little.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. You want to be just someone literally holding your hand for those moments that become a a bit too frightening. Yeah. The- on, yeah,
1: on trip. yeah, uh, I've I've, I've um, recently been accepted onto, have you heard of Psycare?
0: No, they're Psy just, as in psychedelic?
1: Yeah, they're called yeah. Psycare and they're this amazing group of volunteers who go to festivals and they that's what they do, they have a safe space and a person for people who are having difficult psychedelic experiences mm-hmm. and they just hold their, you know, they just see them through to the end of it with the idea that, OK, you're having what could be like one of the worst nights of your life. But the potential here is for it to be one of the best. And we're going to try and make that happen rather than just like putting them in the back of a tent with a sick bucket mm. on the bed and checking on them. They try and transform it. And um, I'm hoping to work with them. They've accepted me onto their training, which um, I'm oh, so excited God. about.
0: congratulations yeah that sounds that sounds like you may have already done a lot of the training for that
1: well maybe yeah Um, but isn't that isn't that a great organization though
0: yeah i think all all, anything that's um you know rather than sort of telling people off and getting cross with what 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 mess they get themselves into just being there for them
1: yeah it's better isn't
0: it yeah definitely much nicer and um, d- just lastly on, in terms of, you know, this is so good cause it's so, so human. I've had some conversations, um, in this series, which are so tech, we haven't even talked about tech because <laughs> it's just inherently human what we're talking about, but has, has that changed, um, uh, you know, the work that you've done in, in the last 20 years, tech, social media, the, um, you know, the focus that people have that's not always on the human side of their life, but actually the the virtual side?
1: Well, I suppose there is your digital legacy and what happens to your Facebook page. And I think where I see it happening is... I think what happens, especially with Facebook, when a a school-age young person dies, when they die when they're at secondary school... There is a can be a collective hysteria that can grow up around that person dying, and it erupts on Facebook, and it can get really out of hand with mm-hmm. people kind of jostling for um, proximity for the you know the kind of reflected drama of being close to this person who's possibly killed mm-hmm. themselves. Often has killed themselves. There was a really troubling. Um, episode or a thing that happened in bridge end do you remember that that south wales town where they had a spate of i think something like 12 school kids killed themselves and and they were bringing in psychologists and it was it was like it was like uh, it was catching and and they think in the end it was like there was so much drama and the the people became kind of famous and celebrities after they died it was a very strange phenomenon
0: wow so your experience of 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 social media in that way in this respect of people dying is 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 kind of uh some kind of distraction (laughs) from the beautiful tending that you're doing it
1: can be but i think also i'm i don't use facebook so but i do know that it can also be really lovely for families mm. to see what people have to say about them very instantly on Facebook and read lots of lovely messages. I think it's really good, mm. really great for families. Too. It is
0: both sides, isn't it? Yeah. And, in, and in terms of you connecting with, with people about that part of your life, um, I know you're on Twitter, but yeah. is, is that it um, is, you know, is social media a fun place to be, to talk about death is, I guess I'm saying.
1: Um, I do love Twitter, but I think you you create your own Twitter, don't you? By who you who, who your connections are with, yeah. Mm. Um, I'm I'm always up for talking about death anywhere. So wherever I am, I'm it yeah. generally comes up. So I, you know, I, but there is I you know there is there is um, more to life than death <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> is my conclusion? Is
0: that, is that your epitaph? <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> I think
0: so. <laughs> oh, amazing. Claire, thank you so much for, for you know just just let me probe into the world that, that you the that you live and work in, because it's it's just fascinating to me.
1: Well, I was very, very flattered to be invited on, Tim. Thank you. I've oh, really enjoyed your other podcast.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, look, uh, let's stay in touch and I think you'll certainly be the first person I'll be getting in touch with if if anybody close to me decides to move into the other yeah dimension
1: yeah it is a really lovely thing um having this because when your friends you you know when they're not when i can't do the funeral because they're not here but their their parents die I, I i go okay i can help, i can help you with this it's such a nice thing mm. yeah oh. so yeah i shall be there
0: Well, look, thank you so much and um, hopefully see you again soon, maybe in Toxteth, maybe near a pyramid.
1: (laughs) Yes, I hope so, too. Lots of love, Tim. Go well. Well.
0: Bye. bye. Bye -bye. Bye Bye-bye.